Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. A lot more training camp storylines that we need to sink our teeth into just beyond the quarterback position. So we'll spend this episode looking at everything else, even though the one thing that's really gnawing at everybody is who is going to take snaps under center this year for the Steelers. But there are still important matters that need to be hashed out, that need to be, you know, the answers need to present themselves to a lot of these questions as we work our way through camp at St. Vincent starting mm-hmm. next week. And we talked about the quarterback a lot. Let's go one, about three, four yards behind him in every formation unless they line up next to him in the shotgun. Let's look at the running back spot. Obviously, there is no question who's going to be the starter, who's going to be the man when it comes to the entire offense, and that's Najee Harris, who just looks like an incredible uh, specimen this season. He did last year, but especially seeing him in the offseason workouts this year and in the mini camp sessions down at uh, the Steelers' Southside practice facility. You can uh, only be talking about Benny Snell, right? No, I, in fact, I said the name Najee Harris, so you just proved that you weren't even listening to me. But but I was. you proved that you didn't get my joke, though, in that obviously you were talking about Najee, but I wanted to be I a wish joke Najee about would Snell. use his thighs <laughs> to crack your head like a walnut. I'd like a... Like a like when you're in woodshop class, that 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 thing that pushes pieces of wood together. Sure. Yeah. I thought my walnut cracker, nut cracker was, thing was enough. Was sufficed enough. enough, but whatever. The man just looks like he's been in even better shape after this season, after this off season, and he's going to be, like I said, not just the number one focal point of the running back room, but he he's going to be the number one focal point of the entire offense. That offense is going to flow through number 22 now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The question when it comes to the running back position is not what's going to happen with Najee Harris. Who's going to be the guy behind him? We've heard from Najee. We've heard from other people in the Steelers that a goal would be to reduce Najee Harris's workload this coming season. Maybe take a little bit off of his plate. Maybe have you know someone that can spell him a little bit more effectively than you saw last year with Benny Snell as the number one backup to Najee Harris. So uh, that's been something that Najee said that the coaching staff wants to do, take a little bit of his workload off. And I don't buy that completely because I know how Tomlin loves to ride workhorse running backs like Najee, loves to run them into the ground. But uh, for the greater good and for him to stay you know, as sharp and as fresh as he can throughout the entire season – I just think it's it's an obvious thing that you need to have a guy behind your starting running back, even if he is a star-level running back like Najee, 
to take some of that, you know, work off of him and make sure he's fresher in the fourth quarter when you're trying to mm. salt a game away. Make sure he's fresher in week 15, week 16 when you're trying to salt away at a playoff spot or or try to play catch up to one of the wild card spots or hell even maybe play catch up to the division at that point. So it's obviously smart to do that, but you have to have the right pieces to do that effectively. You know, we know Tomlin, he's not going to sacrifice quality just because he wants, you know, Najee to feel fresher later in the fourth quarter. He he's gonna keep playing. If Benny Snell can't cut the mustard, he's not gonna spell Najee Harris until Najee's completely gassed and needs one or two plays off. So you need to have either Benny Snell knock your socks off when camp starts and really take a leap forward as far as being a number two running back is concerned. Maybe Anthony McFarland can do that, although I'd rather have Benny Snell. He looks more of a like a a guy who could step in. He has the build of a guy who could step in as a backup. Sure. Maybe take over a game if Najee goes down in the second half or something like that. Just hasn't shown it to you on the field yet. Um, works hard. He's a good special teamer. So you know he loves playing football. You know it's not it has anything to do with, you know, getting hit or, you know, just not liking the 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 way that you play the game. He he is a football player. It just never seems to click for him at the running back position. He hasn't been able to find the magic that he had when he was running at the University of Kentucky. And I think it's a problem that the Steelers have on their roster that has kind of, I don't want to say flown under the radar because people have brought it up, but I think people bring it up and then you kind of just get fallen into the trap of, yeah, but Najee's so great, and then blah, 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 blah. It's, it's not really on the front of people's minds, but I, I think it should be. I think you need to have a really good insurance policy, if nothing else, behind him and I just don't know if I trust Benny Snell to be that guy but as we sit here just less than a week away from move-in day they seem to think that or they're just waiting until somebody gets a camp casualty cut or you know a team doesn't really like what they're seeing out of a guy that the Steelers might like so you can trade like a fifth round sixth round pick for him but it seems to me like they are ready to go into this season with Benny Snell as your number two running back and that's fine if you want to pl- roll the dice on him, but we've kind of seen what those numbers come up on those dice for the past couple of years. I don't know how you can expect them to do anything different now. No, and it's unfortunate because I think you and I have spent, if not almost every set of shows that we do, at least once per week since the season has ended, we've brought up to for discussion the fact that the Steelers need a, a better number two guy behind Najee Harris and week after week after week would go by throughout the offseason. And that move was just never made. And it does seem now, like you mentioned, Tom, we're less than six days or less than seven days away from the start of camp. If they were going to make a move, you probably would have thunk that they would have made it by now. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that they would have wanted to have a guy come in and be, you know, in the fold throughout most of of camp. They still have $14 million in cap space right now. I mean, that's a lot of money that they can play with. I know Colbert's philosophy was, you know, he liked to have a decent amount of cap space in his pocket so that he could make a move if a Fitzpatrick were to become Mm -hmm. available in the middle of the season or if somebody goes down to injury and you have enough money in your pocket to go out there on the market and try to get somebody else. I'm, I'm sure he passed that down to Omar Khan and we'll see a lot of that same principle enacted with his regime was, you know, try to keep some money in the pocket heading into the season. Don't, don't spend it all in, in the off season and then have yourself be screwed in the regular season. Kind of like where the Patriots or the Ravens are sitting right now 
Patriots with 2.7 million available and the Ravens with just 1.3 million dollars available. Very tight rope that those teams are walking. But the Steelers can spend 5 million, 6 million more dollars in free agency and I don't think you even need to spend that much on a a running back who's going to be a backup and is most likely been a journeyman at this point in his career and he's just looking to catch on for one or two uh, more final rides with a team. So I don't think you have to break the bank for one, and I, I think you have sufficient cap space. You got to go out there and you got to get somebody else, and, and you got to fortify that backup running back position because if you don't, I just think that you're you're kind of flirting with disaster at that point. And you might make it through the whole season. Najee Harris, perfectly healthy, never faded at all, and your gamble works out. But I don't know. That seems like an awfully tough gamble to take, and and one that I would would absolutely pass on, and 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 one that I would try to at least make an effort to get somebody else out there into the room. Sure. I think, though, even if you do bring in that new guy, that doesn't mean Benny Snell is going anywhere. He's No, entering, I think he'd be the third, the number he's three. Entering, he's, he's good at special teams. He, he's entering his last year of his rookie deal, so there's no reason to part with him no, 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 right no. before that en- ends. However, Tom, I do think maybe that's why the Steelers have yet to make a move. They're saying, we have this guy who is cheap right now. Let's keep him for that one more cheap year. Once he's gone, once we don't have to re-sign him, then we can say, okay, he's gone and we don't have a number two guy. Let's go out and find this number two guy. But the fact that they already have someone on the team leads me to believe that they believe that discussion to be over with. And it's it's one that's going to be tabled until next year. I just keep coming back to David Johnson, though. Uh, 30-year-old, uh, will turn 31 at some point during the season this year. Uh, SpotTrack calculates his potential average annual value for a salary being only $1.4 million. Uh, the market value for him is about a two-year deal, $2.934 million salary. I, I mean, it just seems to me like he's just an obvious upgrade over Benny Snell. He's old enough where you think that he won't be salty if he's a backup to Najee Harris, but he's also not too old where he wouldn't be effective if he had to start one or two games due to injury at all. So I just think that David Johnson is such a perfect match made in heaven. I I wonder if teams are waiting to just kind of see what they have in their roster at the backup spot uh, before they go out and make this signing. Maybe David Johnson has told teams that I want to be a starter. I want to have at least 50-50 carries wherever I go, and that's shying people away. But he reminds me a ton of uh, D'Angelo Williams. And D'Angelo Williams was probably better than David Johnson was when he was in his prime. You know, that two-headed monster of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams was crazy in Carolina. In Carolina. But he knew when his time was up as far as a starter was concerned. He knew how to accept that backup role. And when Lev Bell got hurt, which he did a pretty decent amount, Really didn't see much drop off with the Steelers at the position because Williams could easily step up one, two, three, even four games and be a very effective, if not dominant at times, running back. And I don't want to say that David Johnson's going to come in and be that exact same thing as D'Angelo Williams, but David Johnson's had a very good career in the NFL. He's put up a lot of numbers. He's been a fantasy football darling, uh, a guy that you you grab late in the draft and he ends up scoring you know twenty points a game for you out of nowhere, and he's just a very valuable player. So. He's known to put stats up on the board, and he's been there and done that in the NFL. That if he can accept that backup role, I would easily sign him for a one, two year deal and just How, have him ride out, you know, the late, the early 30s, which is kind of the late 30s when it comes to running backs, and just have him kind of shift into this new backup 
almost mentorship sure. role. How old is David Johnson right now? 30. He'll turn 31 so at one point in the season. So he's even not more of a reason old, to bring right? him, because D'Angelo Williams was 32 years old. Right. So, so even the, the age-wise, it kind of makes sense. It matches up. He's just a little younger even. So it's... And it just seems like it makes Tom. so much sense to me. And when they had their guy in Le'Veon Bell, they went out and they tried to get insurance. LeGarrette Blunt was the first try. Didn't work. Did not work. But then the very next season, right? LeGarrette Blunt left midway through the 2014 season. Then the it was 2015. Year, they brought in D'Angelo. They go Williams. out and they get another guy like that. And now they're at the point again where they have their guy. They have a legit stud, top five running back in the NFL. Go out there and get that insurance policy again. But there are guys, Tom, out there who are even younger. The only David reason Johnson? I stray away from those guys is because you have to convince them to not be starters. And I feel like, or, but they're, or, but they're, or but at they're, least not take 50-50 carries, like split the carries. But they're, but these guys, Justin Jackson, Wayne Gallen, Gallman, Alex Collins, Peyton Barber, uh, Miles Gaskin, Chris Carson, Devin Coleman, Deontay Foreman, all young and all at this point, even though they're below 30, they're all backups already. So I don't think even some of those guys you have to worry about working with an ego there because they're already backups on teams with probably lesser running backs than Najee Harris. You come into Pittsburgh, you know you're not going to be better than Najee. You have your position. So I wouldn't hate David Johnson because of the similarities between the narratives of Le'Veon and D'Angelo, Najee, to David Johnson, but I I still think there are guys who are even younger who there can are. also work out. There are. Um, Le'Veon it's Bell. Just those guys could be more expensive. Le'Veon Bell is also younger. a free agent. He's 30 years old. I think he's got something. <laughs> he's got one con- one schedule conflict. Uh, he's got some fight coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, he's he, boxing. <laughs> yeah. I think he's done. I think he's going to retire from the NFL. Well, you saw the uh, Instagram post, right? Where he said he wished he regretted, how, he regretted how it went down with the Steelers. He bet on himself, and it was the wrong bet. It was the wrong bet. Steelers ended up offering him more money. Just wasn't guaranteed money, but as we all know, the Steelers a life pretty lesson. Much, Steelers pretty much make good on those deals when it comes right. to their players. Um, very uh, trustworthy organization are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, looking at wide receiver, moving on to another storyline. The thing that I'm really watching this this training camp session is, can George Pickens become that number one wide receiver almost instantly for this team? Uh, Madding ratings came out for wide receivers. We'll look at that in the next episode we do, and we'll talk a little bit about the ratings that the Steelers receiving core received. But, you know, none of them are really, and I know going off of Madding ratings is, is a very flimsy argument, but like, None of them are really, you know, established in those rating systems as a number one. I think you can look at that and extrapolate that out onto a lot more other, you know, avenues. People just don't look at them as number one wide receivers. Claypool and Deontay Johnson haven't established themselves in that that vein yet, whether it's locally or nationally. The perception is just not there. And I just look at this George Pickens guy, six foot three, over two hundred pounds. Uh, Mike Prezuta did a write up for Steelers.com, and he said. He looks even bigger than that. 
Uh, he just strikes me as the typical number one wide receiver build in the NFL. Now, we did say that about Claypool, and that's true about Claypool right. as well. I don't know. I just I don't think that I would bet on Pickens becoming that number one guy, but that's who I really hope becomes the number one guy because if he can rise up and be that number one guy almost instantly, I think it gives you a lot of flexibility. I think you can then really play a little bit of hardball with Deontay Johnson and potentially maybe let him walk because you know you've got your legit number one locked up for the next four years. Well, this would count as a four year, one of the four years, so three years after this year in Pickens. But I like the guy. I love how when you drafted him, you heard people say, well, if it wasn't for the injuries, this guy would have been right up there with all of the people in the first round that were taken. Or, hey, he at some time during his career in Georgia, before he got hurt, he was kind of trending towards the top of this draft class in the Drake London's and the Garrett Wilson's category as far as one of the best receivers that are in this class. And I love that upside from him. So I'm super intrigued at George Pickens in this camp. I think it's pretty much a lock. He'll be at least the number three wide receiver on this team and, and be a starter when it comes to the offense. And do you think it's possible he's more of a de facto number two because if Claypool takes his role as a number number one deep kind of target guy. I think Claypool's going to play the slot this year a lot. That's really? what a lot of people say. Matt Williamson said it a ton. Yeah. It seemed like he's going to be that new Debo Samuel type of slot wide receiver. So that's interesting. Deontay takes the Deontay, outside right, with but, George Pickens. But with the quick routes more so, and then Pickens becomes almost by default that number one standard wide receiver. Deep threat, everything. Yeah. yeah. And I got to be honest with you. Um, the one guy that just doesn't seem to track well as a slot is Pickens. Like, Pickens seems to be the one guy you point to and say, that's outside all day long. Like, why would you put him in the slot? Right. And, you know, Claypool, yeah, you can. he's more of a, a new breed of slot, but, yeah, he can play the slot. Deontay Johnson, like you said, yeah, he's a great route running. He's small, he's shifty, he plays slot. Calvin Austin the third, pretty much drafted to play the slot. Right. Pickens just is a guy that you get to, and you're just like, yeah, I don't see him playing in the slot at all. That's This dude is a is a is an outside kind of player. And I, I think that with the potential that he has, there's a lot of, of good you know, chance that he could become a number one wide receiver. And I hope it happens as soon as this year because that would be a huge boost as far as the quote-unquote rebuilding or should I say retooling of the team. Is, it, and, and I just love the flexibility it gives you with Deontay too because that's going to be an ugly contract dispute, I think. Uh, not going to get done before the season starts this year, I don't think. Deadline for the Steelers, of course, is opening day. So September 11th against Cincinnati. If nothing's done, nothing's done until next season. I feel like that's going to be the case. So I think it's going to get ugly with Deontay. It would be a lot nicer for the team if they had some options present themselves behind him, mainly Pickens and also Claypool showing his potential too. And I think, too, Calvin Austin yeah, being he, there. Calvin Austin honestly could be the guy that makes him the most expendable if he's – Right. Solid. I mean, that was the biggest comparison for him when he was drafted by the Steelers was, oh, he 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 did everything that Deontay Johnson did in Toledo that he that Calvin Austin did in college. So honestly, Tom, it wouldn't kill me. Yeah, it hurts because when you drafted Deontay Johnson, given the circumstances surrounding his drafting, it was okay. The Steelers are hitting a rough patch here, or I guess it was the year after. A.B. thing happened where, or maybe it was that season, right? A.B. had his season in 2018. He set out the last game of 2018, and then in 2019 offseason, 
he got traded to the the Raiders and then he failed at a training camp there and then he missed the essentially the entire season other than what one game with the Patriots and Deontay that was the year Deontay Johnson came in as a rookie and everyone said well give this guy like three years he's doing everything that Antonio Brown did at, by year three or four so give him a couple of years he could be just as good as Antonio Brown it's sad now years later knowing that some of his biggest faults as a receiver with the drops and the inconsistencies haven't really solved themselves. But as you said, because of Pickens and Calvin Austin being essentially a Deontay Johnson 2.0, it really is should be no skin off your back if that is how the cards unfold. Looking over at the defensive side of the ball, we know what we know with the defense. T.J. Watt is the right. best defensive player in football, the reigning depoy, tied... <clears throat> Michael Strahan's sack record. Hate saying what was that little because I hate what was saying that, little, that. He won. He should have won it. He won it. Stupid scorekeeper. It, it, score, it was the scorekeeper for Baltimore. So TJ Watt, reigning defensive player. Is of the that year. one of the dumbest rules in football? That the that home scorekeeper. The home scorekeeper. Yeah. Why isn't it neutral? Why isn't it just why isn't up it just to the NFL? A, yeah, just a neutral party, a third yeah. party that. 32 or, yeah, 16 guys that get dispatched throughout the stadiums. Every right, like a ref crew. It. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But TJ Watt, um, historic season last year, looking to build off it this year. Might be silver lining for you, Steeler fans, that he just tied the record because keeps that fuel in the fire. He wants it. He wants it just for now. himself. So TJ Watt, you know what you're getting with him. Cam Hayward, all pro on the defensive line. The captain of this team now, not just defensively, but overall with Ben Roethlisberger hanging it up. And in the safety spot, Minka Fitzpatrick and all pro safety signing his new contract. Expect big things. Just like how TJ Watt balled out, had his best year ever after his big deal was signed. I think I can expect similar things from Minka Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't be surprised if he had one of his best years ever after signing that big contract extension as well. You know those three things. They're rock solid. Defensive line was concerning for a while, but as we are now into the training camp period... It's really fallen down my list because of the signing of Ogan Joby and the depth that f- follows after that signing. Yeah, it, it kind of took a roller coaster there for a, a 10 day to two week period with the Stefan Tuit news. Yeah, well, after of the his season, we all thought Tuit was going to be back. So we kind of right, were so working on The in roller coaster, that. Yeah. you were going up, you were going up, you were going up. And because you heard nothing to indicate otherwise that he wouldn't be back. And then it went down because he officially announced his retirement. But quickly thereafter, it was within a two-week period, I believe, yeah. if not shorter, that the Steelers went out and signed the guy that everyone was saying, this is the guy you need to bring in to replace Tuit. Not not obviously the best option league-wide, but free agency-wise and afford a, within your cap space, Joby was the best option for you, and they went and did that. So yeah, it's been an up and down, but now with Joby signed, it seems that 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 ride is now back on its way up. And I'll say the big thing with Ogan Joby now that I'll be watching in training camp if he can participate in training camp is is his recovery from the injury and the surgery that he had sure. last year. That's that's the big question mark and storyline. The defensive line's biggest either... storyline went from do they have enough to be better than they were last year, especially against the run. Now the storyline is okay, they've done some nice things there. They did a lot of, of good work replacing to it, but is Joby going to be Joby in Cleveland and Cincinnati, or is he going to be the guy that the Bears decided right. not to give the I was just going to say, there's going to be one team laughing and one team crying this year between the Bears, Bears and, and the Steelers. Steelers. Yep. The Bears could be the team laughing when the Steelers went out and signed Joby after he failed his physical with the Bears, or it could be the reverse, and the Bears are crying because all they had to do was just say, 
okay, well, we get it. You're not ready now, but let's try again soon when you can pass. And look, you're going to be just as great in Cleveland and Cincinnati as you are for us now. Middle linebacker, that's obviously a huge problem. You know, I would the two say the biggest, the biggest yeah, question that's mark. That's the biggest question mark on the defense. Maybe side of the ball. on the team. It's just funny, though, because like we know who the starters are. Like we know it's Jack, we know it's Bush, but there's just so many questions surrounding both of those guys. You know, is Miles Jack going to finally recapture some of that glory he had in his early career at Jacksonville? They were going to the AFC Championship game. He was a total stud out of UCLA. And is he going to be, you know, a pro bowler like he was once before in Jacksonville or, or at least that pro bowl potential that he showed? Or is he simply just going to become a journeyman now that's a little bit above average? That's a huge question mark. But Devin Bush was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, and he has not shown it much. A little bit in his rookie year, he showed flashes of it, showed stuff that he could have built off of. But he has not built off of it, whether it be injury or struggling for returning from injury like he did last year. It's very interesting to see now. No excuses attached to him as far as health is concerned. Is Devin Bush that number one guy? And then beyond those top two, I mean, you know you got Spillane. You drafted Mark Robinson late in the draft this year. Um, you know you have, um, I can't believe, Buddy Johnson from Oklahoma, second-year guy, started to see a little bit of run at, at the end of last season. Uh, those guys are going to have to fill in at depth spots. And uh-huh. really, it just makes it seem that there's a lot riding on those two Jack and Bush tandem working for the Steelers to have any success at that core because if one or both of those guys aren't really cutting it, you m- most teams don't have depth behind two starters if the starters aren't cutting it. But the Steelers really don't give you much um, hope for optimism. You know, for a Spillane to step in and be a starter if need be or something like that. You're you're really riding all of it on the top two guys and hoping that the top two guys uh, it clicks. Yeah. And, you know, the the issue you have with it also, Tom, compounds on the story from last year, right? It's you brought in Joe Schobert thinking, oh, this guy was a pro bowler in Cleveland and he was the best player on Jacksonville's defense when he was there. This is the solution we've been waiting for. Fantastic. Now, Devin Bush finally has someone that he can play alongside with ever since Vince Williams kind of fell off the wagon there or and, and then subsequently retired. And then obviously the Joe Schobert experiment did not work. And when the Steelers went out and signed Miles Shaq, everyone was saying, well, this is the guy that we really thought we were getting in Joe Schobert. This is the guy who is really tried and tested, obviously was the leader in Jacksonville. He'll obviously be just as good here in Pittsburgh. But we don't know that. We don't know how he's going to work alongside Devin Bush. We don't know, Tom. It is yet to be proven if, if Devin Bush is really a – compatible teammate with an opposite inside linebacker because we have yet to see him right. play what more than two seasons with the same guy. So yeah, it's I'm not like, I'm not saying it's it's Devin Bush's fault that Vince Williams retired after that year. That or really, that really is under the radar on something that hurt the Steelers. That that surprise oh, sure. retirement. I mean, I don't think it's very out of the question, Tom, to think that it had a lot to do with Ryan Shazier. With him leaving, that Vince Wait, well, with him going down, like well, that those two that were set the linebacking core right, way but those back. two, I'm just saying, were best friends, and they were set up to be the tandem for a while, for a long time. Yeah. And I, 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 like they were best of friends. Vince Williams has said multiple times he was my best teammate, and to lose a guy like that, who not only is just a teammate, but the guy you literally, 
You play next to it. Plays your exact same position. That weighing on him, it led right into the year he retired was the COVID year, which was a lot right. of players just decided not to play that year. Um, he decided to go the extra mile, not play that year and every year after that. So, yeah, I think that and the COVID year just factored into a very so, early retirement, a surprising not, early retirement. I am not blaming Devin Bush for Vince Williams retiring or Joe Schober not working out, but he, I need... For his sake, I think, too. I need him to play alongside someone who he can see himself playing next to. Vince Williams was very good, and especially at tackles for loss in that, those Vince right. Williams blitzes. But I think pedigree-wise, this is the best partner he's had. Sure. I think talent-wise, sure. he's the best partner he's had at Miles Jack. Last thing I want to – well, two things I want to look at before we wrap up. Uh, last thing defensively, though, the cornerback position. Um, I think we know Levi and Akello are going to be one and two. I think they really think Akella Witherspoon has a chance to be a, le- a legit number one corner in, in the NFL. It yeah. seems like that's what the vibe is from the Steelers. I know it's a different position, Tom, but I have a little bit of apprehension when I hear that because of the James Pierre talk we heard last offseason. Right, playing. The Steelers seem to have a lot of high hopes for these guys that don't end up working out. They they seem to have, you know, yeah, because you're right. It was all about, you know, we like James Pierre a lot. James he, Pierre, we got a guy in at James the end Pierre. of 2020 and played mm-hmm. well, similar to Akello. Akello has played a lot better than James Pierre did at the end of 2020 when Akello played at the end of 2021. It was similar in that sense where it's like, came on strong at the end of the year. We love this guy as we work through the offseason. And then you barely heard from Pierre last year, honestly. If at all. Yeah. So, so, so I so again, I have apprehension when it comes to the hype. That I think 2021 was a very good humbling lesson for the Steelers and Steelers fans in terms of the the team you have on paper, it will not always equate to the t- team that you have on the field. The team you think you have on paper is not always going to be as good as the team you have on the field. That happened with James Pierre, it happened with Melvin Ingram, it happened with um, Joe Schobert, and it happened with Trey Turner. Four different guys that were brought in. Obviously, James Pierre was just promoted from within the team, but four guys, four new starters, none of which really panned out. I mean, three of which are no longer on the team. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic is when they only have two cornerbacks out there when they're in their base. Uh, will it be Cam Sutton on the outside with Witherspoon? Will it be... Um, Cam Sutton and Levi Wallace on the outside and Witherspoon's on the bench. But I think what the Steelers mainly play with is at least three corners on the field, and you're going to see Cam Sutton get bumped into the slot when they do that for the Mm -hmm. most part because that's just where he's best at. So I I think you have a chance to put a player in his best spot if you do it that way. Is there still any chance in your mind that they go get Joe? I mean, he's still sitting out there. I just saw a video of him golfing the other day. Uh, Last week I saw a video of him at TJ Watt's wedding. He's still obviously very close with teammates here in Pittsburgh. That doesn't mean anything. It's not about if the teammates want him back or not. They don't control the checkbook at all. But but they can uh, certainly just, put a, put their voice in someone's yeah, ear. Yeah, they can, of course. But it, it ultimately comes down to Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, and the GM group now if they wanted to, and Mike Tomlin, of course, if they want to make that decision. But I really don't see why. I know he's 33 and you're trying to move on to, to younger and it is a two-way street, so maybe the Steelers are trying to do this and Joe's just not very interested in it. But I don't see why like a one-year, $5 million deal can't be on the table for him just to add stability to that back. And he's the best cornerback you've probably had since Ike Taylor here. Yeah, I'd and say so. I, I just I don't see why you have to just let him go. I, I understood at the beginning of free agency because I thought he was going to get snapped up by a contender. And it hasn't happened. And it just hasn't you happened. You know what? I, I, I think it's important now to get him, now that – 
essentially the offseason is over, right? Because as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, some teams have already reported to their training camps. The rookies, yes. Right. The rookies. Uh, but if I if I were to bring back Joe Hayden, I would want him there for the entire preseason. There's no reason that he, just because he's a veteran, deserves to sit. He is not the Cam Hayward or the Ben Roethlisberger level of veteran on this team. He He's still very good, and, and I agree with you. I think once he kind of found his groove within Pittsburgh, he was the second-best corner on this team since Ike Taylor. But just because that's true doesn't mean that he deserves to get all this time off in the no, preseason. No. I, I would I would like to have him there sooner rather than later to get him more to get him readjusted to working with Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace especially. Well that's the thing. I he knows how to play football. He's not gonna forget how to play football. I don't think but he needs a training with, camp for that. But he playing with a new unit mm-hmm. back there and he would be the leader of that unit instantly right. when he stepped on the field. Yeah, I want that voice out and there. Especially and too Tom it because it just does so much for your depth too. Right. Exactly. Levi Wallace. Because Joe will start if he comes right. back. Levi, he'll be your cornerback one. Yeah. I think it's most important to Levi Wallace because Levi Wallace was really great in Buffalo. As a two. As a two. We have no idea how well he's going to perform going up against Jamar Chase or Stephon Diggs or Amari Cooper now in Cleveland. We have no idea how he'll do against the number one targets on certain teams. I think it would be a great help to the team overall and especially Levi if Joe Hayden is brought back. One quick thing I got to slip in there before we wrap up. I know we're over time, but uh, under the radar position that I'm watching at training camp, the punter. Do you trust the punter? It's I don't. It feels forever. It feels like it's been forever since the Steelers have had a punter that you trust. He was it Daniel Sepulveda was Maybe. the really last Man, great he, guy. He could lay the boom too when he wanted to. But uh, other than you know they 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 have this all world potential defense. You got to be winning field position battle to go hand in hand with that you know if the offense is struggling but your punter can boom at 60 yards you can flip the field position so easily in that case and Presley Harvin had so much potential coming out of Georgia Tech uh best punter in college when the Steelers ended up drafting him in the seventh round a couple years ago uh tough struggle adjusting to the NFL Mm -hmm. and then tragedy befell him at the end of the year and Corliss Waitman had to come in and punt for the majority of the end of the season honestly Tom I don't know why Waitman isn't on this roster right now the guy who will be competing with Presley Harvin as of right now is named Cameron Nazaliak. He is the backup punter. He'll be doing the the secondary punting, but they're gonna. It's Presley Harvin's job, man. It's gonna be his job to lose. Sure. It's gonna be his job if if he has a terrible training camp. It's getting to the point where you will be cut, and they will bring in somebody else because that's how tight of a rope you walk at that position. There is no backups. No, wasn't but wasn't Wakeman good enough to say okay? He's been really good once Presley Harvin lost his father. Was it his father? who passed away, yes. and that's why he had to step back and, and miss a couple of games. Yes. Wakeman was not only fine, but significantly better. But I think Harvin. the ceiling on Harvin is just so much higher. Right, and, but and I mean, all, do, I care, do a, I care about the ceiling of a punter? Yeah, I do. I want a really good punter out there. And I also think in the back of your 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 head, if you're the Steelers, we use the seventh-round pick on this guy. You know, we don't want It's worth something, we, I guess. We need to like at least give him a shot. Like We literally used capital for him. It's the bad look if we just 
you know, wash our hands of them right. right away. For a guy that we could have just gotten off the scrap heap, we could have picked someone else in the seventh round. Not to say that that seventh round pick would turn into the next Tom Brady, but hey, you never know. That's why you take a shot on guys like that. Vince Williams was picked in the seventh round. True. And ended up starting pretty much that year and yeah. was one of the best middle line, not the best, but one of the most solid middle linebackers for the Steelers during the stretch of him playing. That'll do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Some NFL headlines and some Madden ratings we're going to come over in our next episode. So hope you guys do tune in for that. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman, and this has been the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.